Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, and welcome to another episode of the Happy Hour. I'm your host, Jamie, and gosh, I'm glad you're here today. Today's show, let me just tell you, it is really, really, really good. I don't know if you know, but May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and mental health is something that we at the Happy Hour are not afraid to tackle. In fact, we've had numerous guests on the show before who have talked about their personal walk with mental health, and we are going to share that on the blog, and so you can find that at jamieivy.com. It's all going to be there. We're going to give you some past episodes to listen to, but today my guest, Deborah Faleda, is on, and she actually has a book coming out in a couple of weeks called Are You Really Okay? Okay, I have not got my hands on it at the time of this recording, but I will get my hands on it because I enjoyed our conversation so much today. Deborah is a licensed professional counselor. She's a speaker, relationship expert, author of several books, including Choosing Marriage, True Love Dates, and her new book that comes out in May, Are You Really Okay? She also has a book coming out in the fall, you guys, which we didn't talk too much about today, but I couldn't not ask her. It's called Married Sex, and she co-authored it with Gary Thomas. You know I had to ask her about that. But we spend most of our time today talking about mental health. And you guys, I left this conversation so encouraged. And I hope that if you are someone who is dealing with panic attacks, anxiety, depression, fill in the blank, I pray that as you listen to this, that you will know, A, you're not alone, and you will know that God loves you and there's nothing wrong with you. She talks about how as Christians, we don't think that when we start following Jesus, that our physical health is just going to be taken care of, that our cholesterol is going to be better and everything's going to be okay. But yet for some reason, we have this idea that as a Christian, we should not have to work on our mental health. And she is debunking that lie today. And I'm so encouraged. I just want to stand up and clap and thankful for Deborah and all the work that she's doing. I want to let you know that we have some bonus clips over on YouTube. You can go to youtube.com slash Jamie Ivy and you'll find bonus clips there. I have two actually from today's show. Number one is I asked Deborah, how do we be a support person to someone on their mental health journey? And so that is over on YouTube. Also, after we finished recording, I told her, thank you, all the things. We started talking about being that support system. And I shared something personal with her that I also have shared on the happy hour before when my husband Aaron Ivy was on the show episode 369 earlier this year in March. And he shared about his journey with mental health and what depression has looked like for him in his lifetime. And then especially in 2020. And he shared an example of going down to the basement. If you listen to the show, so many of you wrote in and said that that example was so profound to you. Well, I talk about that with Deborah, and she gives me some really encouraging advice as his wife. And so that's also over on YouTube. You can go to youtube.com slash Jamie Ivy and you can find those clips. All right, you guys, here is my conversation with Deborah Faleda. Deborah, welcome to the happy hour. Thank you so much, Jamie. It's so good to be here. 
am really excited to chat with you. And I knew I was going to love you the minute I turned on my video on Zoom because you have on big feather earrings. And I thought, <laughs> this is a girl that I want to be friends with. Oh, man, I had to wear them just for you. <laughs> You're so sweet. Okay, introduce yourself to all of our listeners. What do you do? Tell us about your children, all the things. Yeah, so my name's Deborah Faleda. And I am a licensed professional counselor, you know, so I specialize in all things, depression, anxiety, addictions. The past few years, though, the Lord has kind of directed me to focus on relationships for a while. So that's kind of been where I have been for the last probably six years, just really focusing on relationships and offering the church practical relationship advice that's rooted in some healthy psychology, you know, but in my real life, when I'm not doing all this other stuff, I'm a mom of four. My husband and I have been married for almost 14 years and we have kids all the way from age 10 to two months. We had a little, what you call a quarantine surprise. (laughs) And so we have a two month old. (laughs) How old is number three? Five. He's five. So there was a five year age, five year gap. Got it. Yeah. Got it. And we were done, done. So this You're was done, like, done. oh, <laughs> we were done, done. And then this guy came along, this little one. That's funny. So. You know, it's funny. Actually, Deborah, I actually heard that there were not as many quarantine babies as you would have thought because, you know, everyone would have assumed, okay, everyone's stuck at home. They've got nothing to do. So they're going to make babies. When I actually heard a report that it was actually the opposite, that people that were stuck at home with their children did not make more babies. So That's you're not hilarious. like the norm, you know, it natural sounds like, birth control when you're like, is. <laughs> you're like, oh, there's all these children here. Let's not make any more because right. we're good. We're good. (laughs) I do blame it, though. Um, I have a book coming out in October called Married Sex. And (laughs) honestly, I was working on that during quarantine. There's a good chance that was the cause. So that's that is hilarious, Deborah. (laughs) (laughs) Married sex. Oh, I cannot wait. Okay, we're going to talk about mental health today, but I want to go here first. We're going to talk about mental health because actually today's May 5th. And so it's not just Cinco de Mayo, but it is May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so we always try to really kind of showcase that because I believe that the church especially needs to talk more about mental health. And I know that yes. you do as well. But I do have a question about the married sex book while, we're, so while I have you. So what brought the book into your brain to talk about married sex? Well, honestly, I have always wanted to tackle the subject Um But I was never bold enough to do it because, you know, it's like a big subject, and especially in our culture today. But then I was approached by my friend, Pastor Gary Thomas. And he's like, hey, Deb, do you want to co-author this book with me? Male, female, perspective, pastor, counselor. You're in your 30s. I'm in my 50s. These two perspectives on sex in marriage. And so I was like, yeah, let's do it. I mean, normally you don't write two books in a year because it's crazy. You know, and have a baby, Deborah. And have a baby. That was God's idea. (laughs) But I just felt like I couldn't pass up the opportunity. So we have been working on this book for a while now, and it comes out in October. And I am so proud of it. You know, one of these days we'll have to talk about that message because it's just something that's really missing in the church. We're behind, you know, I agree. we should be leading the way in uh-huh. sex and the enjoyment and pleasure and what it really means. But that's not the current trend. And we had all kinds of surveys and stories of real life couples. And it's just a perfect balance of theology and psychology with tons of practical stuff. So I love it, it spiced up my marriage. 
and I'm sure it will spice up yours as well. I love that so much. Okay, I cannot wait for that. October married sex uh, is going to be really great conversation piece for you to have for sure. Okay, so today we're talking about mental health. And as a licensed counselor, I know that this is a heartbeat of yours professionally, but I think personally as well, even in your own personal life. And I know you say, I read recently where you said dealing with the past, we're talking about dealing with the past. You say so often our emotional distress in the present is rooted in the unhealed wounds from our past. Yeah, And I think the older I get, I'm a little bit older than you, 42. Actually, tomorrow's my birthday. It feels weird oh, to say, but so I just realized. Oh, that's so exciting. Happy birthday. Thank you. Almost 43. That is ringing more true in my life than I've ever knew before is, you know, not dealing with things in the past. Yeah. It affects our present and our future so much. And, you know, I think about that with my kids and all kinds of things. I want to hear from you a professional stance and talk about that a little bit. But I know that that even personally rings true for you as well. And how you had to really go back into some traumatic experiences and deal with that before you could move forward. So talk to me as a counselor and just as Deborah, what that's look like. Well, first and foremost, I think it's important to say that just because we're Christians doesn't mean we're healthy. You know, I think a lot of times in the church, we have this underlying assumption that when I come to Jesus, all of a sudden, my emotional and mental health are going to be aligned with where they need to be. But we don't have that assumption with physical health. You know, imagine I said to you, when you become a believer, when you come to Jesus, all of a sudden your cholesterol levels are going to be just right. Your BMI is going to be where you want it to be. You would think that was absurd, Mm. but we tend to apply that same mentality, that absurd mentality to mental and emotional health. We don't see the work that we need to do in order to get healthy. So when things happen, we have a tendency to suppress it or ignore it. Not only that, you know, that's the Christian piece, but then we've got this other obstacle, which is social media. Mm. We're so used to presenting our best face on social media. These little clips of your life where you're doing amazing. And then I think sometimes that superficial existence becomes the norm, even for us. And we're afraid to dig a little deeper to see how we're really doing. You know, we go to the doctor's office for physical checkups, but how often do you stop and do an emotional checkup, a mental health checkup. Mm. So that's kind of why I'm passionate about this. First and foremost, as a therapist, working with Christians who are severely struggling mentally and emotionally, they love the Lord. Mm. They're born again. They have walked with Jesus their whole life. And then all of a sudden they're in a severe depression or burnout or panic attacks or awful marriage problems. Mm. And it's always rooted in something but we haven't identified the roots. And so, you know, even just this past year, 2020, I saw a boom in my counseling practice. I've heard that. I can't keep up with the amount of clients that I have signed up for counseling. My wait list is like insane right now, but it just goes to show you that 2020 was really a year of exposure. It exposed Mm. what was going on inside of us, but I'm believing that 2021 is going to be the year of healing if will allow it to be, if we'll Mm. begin the process of being intentional and engaging. So professionally, that's kind of where I was at. But then personally, I went through my own trauma a few years ago that we'll get into detail about, I'm sure, in this conversation. But when you go through a trauma, many times it doesn't affect you in the moment because your body's in fight or flight mode. Your body's Mm -hmm. in survival mode in the moment. So when a soldier goes off to war and he's on the battlefield, He doesn't 
feel the trauma, the effects of trauma. His body's like, you just need to live. You just need to survive. And many times for us, when we go through personal trauma, loss, heartbreak, you know, a big change, uh, death of a loved one, whatever, an illness, Mm. we don't process it in the moment. Later on, though, when a soldier comes back from war and he's safe and sound at home, that's when the trauma comes back. It's like your body's like, you didn't deal with this before. We're dealing with it now. Wow. And so that's what happened to me and what got me even more passionate about the subject. You know, it's interesting. I interviewed Sissy Goff a couple of months ago, and we were talking about children and anxiety and depression. And someone asked me recently if I could go back and give any advice to an adoptive parent. And we're not going to go here, but this is what it makes me think of when you're talking. I would say get your entire family in counseling ASAP. And it makes me think of what you're saying is in the moment, whatever that is that you're walking through, if it's a you know an adoption or, or whatever, you are, you're just trying to survive. Like, how are we going to survive adding three children to our family in six months, you know? And then then later is when it hits. And I can see, I can, as you're saying that, my brain is telling me pinpoints of things in my life that I went through that were traumatic that I didn't deal with. Before I get to your story about what you had to deal with, I have a question. When I think about why is it that you think that Christians, we do have this assumption, I'm a Christian, like I'm supposed to be okay. What is it that makes us fear that entering into that emotional work of dealing with our trauma? Because I'll answer for me, sometimes it feels harder. Like I'd rather just not deal with it because that's a lot of work, Deborah, And that's a lot of emotional energy. And I really don't have time for that. What do you think it is for followers of Jesus that kind of just think, I don't need to go there? I think we've set ourselves up for failure in the church. In recent history, even, there has been this negative stigma surrounding the topics of mental health. Mm. I remember a conversation with a pastor I had just gotten out of the pit of postpartum depression and he didn't know it. And we were having a conversation with a group of people about depression. And I remember him saying, true believers don't suffer from depression. They can't because the Holy Spirit is at work inside of them. If you're a true believer and I just, my heart sank, Mm. you know, because he didn't know that I had just experienced it, but I I'm also working as a therapist dealing with so many amazing men and women of God who are struggling. And the truth is, like I said, we don't have that same mentality with cancer, right? With COVID, with the flu, you know, you say, Oh, that's an attack on my body. My body is, you know, flawed. It's a sinful world and stuff happens. You get sick. But then when it happens with mental and emotional health, we tend to say, well, maybe your faith isn't strong enough. Maybe you're not reading scripture enough. Maybe there's sin in your life. You know, what? what is it? Maybe your walk with Jesus just isn't where it needs to be mm. if you're feeling depressed or anxious. Or So I think we've set ourselves up for failure because even when you feel it, you heap judgment on your own mm-hmm. self. I shouldn't be feeling this. Mm. Instead of saying, this is like a flu of the brain, just like anything wow. else in my body. This is just something in my brain. This is a chemistry issue, not a character issue, but we don't go there. We heap judgment on our own selves, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so that's why this is a struggle. I think we have to start conversations like this, begin to normalize it in the church. Yeah because everybody's going through it. I'm doing a podcast series that you'll be so excited to hear. It's called the Are You Really Okay series based on the name of the book where I'm inviting some of the top Christian leaders and teachers, Levi Lusco, Matt Chandler, Christine Kane, Jeremy Camp, Natalie Grant, a bunch of amazing men and women of God 
who have had their own journey with mental health struggles. And they're coming on the show and talking about how they're really doing. And that's where I believe we've got to start the conversation from the top down, you know, from leadership down, from people like you on this Mm -hmm. podcast who are willing to be open and honest and say, listen, we all struggle. Yeah. Now let's do something about it. You know, let's be honest, acknowledge it. The first step to healing is acknowledging that yeah. there's a problem. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm hoping that these conversations begin to do for people in the church, for me, for you, you know. It's so good. I think whenever you're talking, it makes me think we have to change the narrative about what it means to to work on our mental health, because for so many years, it's had this negative stigma attached to it. I remember years ago, Aaron and I were at a counseling session with one of our kids and the counselor asked us, my husband's a pastor here in town and you know what I do here. And he asked us, he said, if you want, you can come in the back door. Like you don't have to sit up here if you don't want anyone to know. And I looked at him, I'm like, no, we're fine. Like we are very open about counseling. And I remember thinking, he was being so kind, you know, right. and trying to be respectful of us. Right. But I've always thought about that because it's always made me think, no, like, you're right. You have to see these leaders. It has to start from the top down going, no, we're working on our mental health. Like, yes. it is a thing. And so I appreciate you're doing that. And we'll tell everyone about that podcast series as well when it's out, because I want to listen to that as well. So for you personally, Deborah, what was something that you had to go back and deal with a trauma in the past that you realized was affecting your future and your present? You know, As I was writing this book, I mapped out so many things, even from my childhood, narratives that I picked up from my childhood growing up in an immigrant family of working hard and, you know, performance-based value, because that's kind of what you grow up with. So all that to say, there's been so many things, but... (laughs) I think that we all would be able to say that if we really went back and knocked out our life. There's You'd been be like, so many which things one? <laughs> yeah. that I've had to really work through and bring before the Lord and identify how they've impacted and shaped me. And I grew up in a good Christian home. So this isn't just for people who come from toxic families. This yeah. is for all of us. But for me specifically, about five years ago, I went through a very traumatic miscarriage. I was in for a routine appointment. And while I was there... They did a sonogram and it looked like the baby wasn't going to survive. And so while I'm there, they say, you have a doctor's appointment in the schedule. Why don't you go see the doctor now? We can follow up and just talk about next steps. So while I'm in the doctor's office, I literally start hemorrhaging. Mm. So I start bleeding out. It almost felt like I was in a horror movie, you know, and the doctor just stops and is like, we need to get her into emergency surgery right now. She puts me in a wheelchair and runs me to the emergency room. And I'm like, all this is happening so quickly. I just lost a baby, Mm -hmm. you know, and now I'm about to like lose my life, you know, in an instant, in an instant, no preparation. I had the most normal morning. My husband and kids were at a doctor's appointment. They weren't even with me. I was by myself and it's like, rush, rush, rush. You don't even have time to process what's going on. So I'm home And what's interesting, Jamie, is at that appointment, the one thing I remember feeling when I was hemorrhaging, I didn't even know it was happening yet. I was like, I'm feeling a little lightheaded. I remember saying, can I have a cup of water to the doctor before she had even checked me before we knew I was hemorrhaging? So that lightheaded feeling, because hold on to that. So fast forward about two years later. Well, can you fill in some blanks for me, Deborah? I have some questions. You went and had surgery? I had emergency surgery and they sent me home you know, don't lift more than 25 pounds. And, you know, you just go home and you have three kids at home. 
And you just have to go on with life. Like we're a homeschooling family. My husband works, I work. You go home and it's not like you have like a month to just heal and process. You just get back into life. You have responsibilities, you know? So go home, we kind of move on with life. It's sad, we grieve and we move on. We tell the kids, you know, it was a family process. It's not like we ignored it. Yeah. But I definitely didn't do a deep dive. I definitely didn't sign up for therapy at that time or anything. I'm a therapist, you know, uh-huh. like I know <laughs> yeah. how this works. Well, about two years later, I'm in the kitchen with my kids doing something, you know, preparing lunch or something. And I start feeling lightheaded. Same feeling I had before I started hemorrhaging before emergency surgery. I start feeling lightheaded probably because I didn't drink enough water that day or, you know, maybe I was getting a headache, whatever. But all of a sudden my body kicks into the stress response mode without me realizing it. My body remembered that trauma, Mm -hmm. my amygdala, the, the part of your brain that remembers emotional memory is called your amygdala. It remembers every emotion you've ever been through, especially the severe ones. So my amygdala fires. The the amygdala is the emotional memory. The cortex is your logical part of your brain. The amygdala works faster than the cortex. So before you can talk yourself down logically, your body's already gone. It's already taken off. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, it happened in that moment. I start having a panic attack in the middle of my kitchen. And I'm like, I don't even recognize it's a panic attack. What I think is I'm dying again. Something's wrong again. You know, something's wrong. What is happening? I felt this before. And thank God my husband's a doctor because I called him panicking. And he's like, hun, this sounds like a panic attack. You don't have any dangerous symptoms. You know, he kind of talked me through it. And sure enough, within like 20, 30 minutes, I'm feeling back to normal. But if you've ever had a panic attack, for those of you who've ever had one, you know, it's the worst experience of your life. You literally feel like you're going to die. Yeah. You literally feel like your body's shutting down. And so that started a series of panic attacks for me in that season that just came on unexpectedly out of nowhere. I travel a lot to speak. I couldn't travel for a few months mm-hmm. because I was afraid of being on a plane where I would be closed in yeah. and not be able to get help if my body went into an emergency situation again. It's almost like you start feeling like since it happened so suddenly, what if something happens again? And I really had to work hard to understand what was happening underneath the surface and to start unpacking some of that trauma and come up with these practical ways to fight my amygdala. Because I'm so thankful for the amygdala response. God gave it to us to protect us. But when it overfires because of a trauma, it's on like high alert, constantly firing left and right. You've got to learn that those are all false alarms. You know, my emotions are real, but they're not always true. And that's what you have to learn in the moment. And so that was the process for me where this really became personal. And I had to learn how to unpack and, and start medication and get myself plugged into therapy, you know, and all of the things that I tell people to do on the regular. Right. And now I'm like, okay, if I really believe this, if I truly believe this, then I need to do it for myself. Yeah. 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 
If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. You said you had to learn um, how to kind of fight that amygdala. Like, I mean, we are thankful for it, right? It's God created us as good things. What did that look like practically a couple of ways of learning yeah. how to fight that? Because I think what people are listening right now and they're saying, uh-huh. Oh my gosh, she just explained. This is explaining what's happening in my life. So tell me, what are some things that you did to fight that? 
So one thing that you have to really understand is how the amygdala works. And what I said a minute ago is really important. The amygdala works faster than the cortex. It sends signals to your body even faster than the logical part. So when you're having a panic attack, you're going to find it difficult to talk yourself down logically. Okay, because that's not working fast. It's not it's the not fastest working thing fast happening. Enough. Got exactly. it. Exactly. So what do you have to do? You have to counter the physical symptoms of distress with other physical symptoms. So things like deep breathing. Okay. You know, meditation, mindfulness, those things that allow your body to begin to counteract what's happening in the amygdala. You know what I'm saying? It's like deep breathing because deep breathing then tends to regulate your heart rate. When you're having a panic attack, you might experience things like chills, numbness, sweats, palpitations, which means your heart is beating like crazy. You might have the inability to breathe. You don't feel like you can breathe, you know, shortness of breath. And that's what really scares you, right? You feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. But when that happens, you have to counter it with other physical symptoms. And then when you can breathe deeply, you start to calm your body down. When your body's at a better place, then you can tackle it logically. You know, Mm. then you can meditate on scripture. Then you can dot, 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 all the things that work for you mentally. But right away, you're going to have to work yourself down, fight physical with physical before you can even begin to introduce that logical piece. Yeah. You know, that's kind of freeing to hear you say that because I have experienced panic attacks years ago and I remember feeling, why can't I get myself together? Like, this is not who I am. Like, what's happening? Come on, Jamie, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get yourself together. And so even the freeing feeling that you're saying, but you can't. Right. You can't logically yet. Right. And that I think is important because I've never really heard that before. And it makes perfect sense as to what's happening. You're absolutely right. Because then you find yourself judging yourself. Why can't I pray through this? Why isn't scripture? Mm -hmm. Scripture helps me so often. Why isn't God's word helping me right now? Your brain isn't processing it. Your brain's like, uh, something else is happening. I got to deal with that first. You know, like forget, forget these meditations you're trying to do. That's not going to work in a legitimate panic attack. Mm -hmm. It will eventually help. And we surround ourselves with God's truth and prayer. You know, what was most comforting for me, Jamie? When I was writing, Are You Really Okay?, I spent some time camping out on the emotions of Jesus and what he went through. And I remember reading the part where Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane right before he got captured to be crucified. And according to scripture, he was sweating blood, Mm. right? Do you remember that passage? Mm -hmm. And there is a condition called hematrosis. And what that means is your body is under such distress. They think it's a stress response, fight or flight experience where your body is under such stress that your blood vessels begin to crack open, begin to to leak a little bit, break open, and it gets into your sweat glands. Wow. And they've only seen it happen in like three people. And Jesus was one of them. Ever. It's a very rare condition. But imagine that level of stress. To me, that's like mirroring like what your body would go through a panic attack and thinking that Jesus experienced Mm. that when you're experiencing that type of anxiety, those alarms, your body's like, run, get out of here. This is dangerous. And to think that Jesus felt that his body was telling him to run. Mm. But what did he do? He stayed. 
He knew that his emotions couldn't be trusted, but his God could be trusted. And he stayed even when everything inside of him was like, get out of here. He chose to stay for me and for you. And when I put those things together, especially after having experienced my own panic and knowing that feeling of like, oh my gosh, oh my goodness, something about that just filled me with Mm. gratitude. I connected with him in that moment. He connected with me in that moment. And I knew that if he could turn off the emotions and tune into God, I could do it too. If he believed that God was more real than his reality, I could believe that for myself too. There was just something so significant about seeing Jesus walk through the same thing that I have walked through and give us a model for victory. And so for me, I had to learn to recognize the voice of God over the voice of my anxiety, over the voice of my depression. That's good. You know? That's real good. It was quite a process. It still is, honestly. You know, and as you were saying that, it reminds me that it's also very clear in scripture that Jesus was sinless. I mean, that's what makes him our savior. That's what makes his sacrifice matter. And so when you're talking about that, and I'm remembering that our savior was sinless, it also frees up some feeling of like, oh, my anxiety is a sin. My panic attack is a sin. My depression is a sin. And I think that's a lie that so many Christians believe is that they are walking in sin because of that. What do you say when someone comes to you and feels like, I think I'm sinning because I'm depressed? Man, when we look at scripture, scholars have identified over 39 emotions mapped out in scripture that Jesus experienced from anxiety to extreme sadness that some would even call depression when he looked over to Israel and was like so broken for their sin, you know? So Jesus went through all of these emotions and he gives us emotions too. I think my depression has been a catalyst for my faith and trust in Jesus, because in those dark moments, sometimes my faith has been the strongest it's ever been because I have nothing him. There's nothing left right now in this horrible, dark moment, but Jesus. And so for those who say it's a sin, I challenge them and say, this might just be the best thing that's happened to your faith Wow! because it requires you to cling to him in a way that you probably never had to before. Yeah. You know, and I think we need to open our eyes and realize like the stuff is a lie from the enemy because the enemy wants us to keep this in the darkness. That's where depression and anxiety grows in isolation, in darkness, in the lies. But when we bring it to the light, it can start losing its grip on us. You know, we can begin to heal. And so that's why it's important for us to just be honest about who we are, getting, get real about who we are and where we're at and how Mm. we're doing. Mm, That's so good. That's really, really good. You know, I've seen that so much. I was just reading this morning in Mark and Matthew 2, where Jesus says, if anyone wants to follow me, he needs to deny himself and take up his cross. And, And I've always felt like, what does that actually mean? And I was digging in it this morning and it was talking about this self-denial and reliance on God for everything, you know? Mm. And even while you're talking, it makes me think, man, in seasons that I've walked through of depression and anxiety, there has been this, I only have you, God, to rely Mm. on because myself isn't helping me right now. And it was in those moments of feeling this just utter dependence on God. And in seasons where I might have not been struggling, I can get very self-reliant. Like, I'm awesome. I can do this. I've got everything under control. 
And I even, this is like, I always hate praying this and I'm about to be vulnerable, but I even like prayed this morning, like, God, just do whatever to make me need you more. And that prayer always scares the crap out of me because I'm like, okay, do whatever except for these four things, okay? (laughs) I'm like, here's the four things I'd rather you not do. But other than that, I'm good, God. But there is this truth of this absolute reliance on Mm. God. And so many times, like you said, I've heard people say what you just said of, I was walking through this season and I needed him for every breath. Yes. So I guess that would be maybe a gift. You know, Jesus calls us to love him in scripture. When we talk about the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. When I was writing this book, I felt led to break up the sections into heart, which represents emotional health, soul, spiritual health, mind, mental health, and strength, physical health. If God calls us to love him with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, we shouldn't be surprised when we're faced with challenges and struggles in those areas of our life. We shouldn't be surprised, but we should be prepared. You know, we should be prepared for the struggle. And so that's kind of what I'm hoping. I'm praying that the Lord would use this message to help us start to get prepared and realize that healing does not come with time. Time doesn't heal all wounds. It doesn't. Uh Say it again, Deborah, for the people in the back. (laughs) Time doesn't heal all wounds. In fact, if you really think about that analogy, some wounds, if you leave them alone, they will get infected with time. Mm. They will fester. They will get worse with time if they're unaddressed. And I feel like so many of us have those wounds, those the trauma wounds, the childhood wounds, abuse, neglect, abandonment, insecurity. There's so many wounds that we carry that we're afraid to face. Somehow facing them means that Jesus isn't enough. No, Mm. Jesus wants to journey with us to face those wounds. You know, he's not afraid. He faced death and won. Mm. You think those wounds scare him? He wants to journey with us and help us receive healing heart, soul, mind, and strength so that we can love him well, so that we can love him in the best way possible. Deborah, I am super excited about this book. Are you really okay? Comes out in just a couple of weeks, you guys, May 18th. You can pre-order it now. And listen, I talk about pre-orders a lot because I'm an author as well. But let me just give you a little scoop into the pre-orders, guys. Pre-orders really help an author. So if you're thinking, I want to read this book, but why would I order it now? It doesn't come out till May 18th. Here's why you order it now for two reasons. Number one, it helps all of the book people know that Deborah's book matters. And so they stock it. Number two, you guys, we are busy people. Order it today. You don't have to think about it. Guess what? It shows up on your doorstep on May 18th. So there's that. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. 
Ashley for the love of home. Deborah, I would love to know what you're reading and what you're loving these days. Yes. Before I go there, I do want to remind people we've actually got some really exciting pre-order bonuses. Oh my gosh, tell us. Yes. We really believe. My publisher is going all out. First and foremost, you get the free audiobook when you pre-order. You get the free audiobook read by me. I just felt like I had to read this one myself. And second of all, you get a journal. So at the end of each chapter, there is a five-minute checkup, emotional health checkups, mental health checkups, physical health, spiritual health, where you ask all kinds of questions and start digging into how healthy you are. So they will send you a journal, a free journal that goes along with the book so that you can start journaling. This book is an interactive book. So part of it, you don't just read along, you engage in the process of healing. I love it. You know, I told you do it because it helps Deborah and do it because you then you have to think about it. Also, you guys are going to get some pretty amazing gifts as well. So there's that. And all you guys are podcast listeners. You love listening to people. So you get the free audiobook and you can't beat that. So what are you reading and what are you loving? I just finished reading it. I read it so slowly because I've been savoring it. It's called Anywhere He Leads Me. It's a book of devotions by Corey Ten Boom that somebody oh. put together. Mm-hmm. And goodness gracious, just the perspective of what suffering looks like for some people. You know, sometimes you need a different perspective. I think that's why we love stories of other people's suffering. Sometimes it reminds us of the cross that we bear and knowing that God understands what our portion is. He knows our portion and he gives us what we need to do what he's called us to do. You know, so that was just such a challenging book. And then what am I loving these days? Is that something you said? Yeah. What are you loving? A few things. My husband and I are loving the Chosen series. That's been a super fun evening watch after the kids go to bed. I love it. I'm also loving my pedometer because, you know, I've been talking about physical health as part of the body-mind connection, right? When you are healthy physically, it helps you become healthy emotionally and mentally. It's all connected. So I've been challenging myself to walk 10,000 steps a day. And I have this pedometer that I got for like 25 bucks on Amazon. And it's been really helpful to kind of keep me accountable with my steps, you know? Are you getting them in? I am getting him in. I took a little break when I had this baby, but I am back. I can't believe you have a two-month-old, Deborah. <laughs> I know. I can't. Eat. I'm still like, sometimes I look at him, I'm like, where'd you come from? <laughs> it just happened so fast. But Oh, my gosh. So that's been really fun. Just an easy way to like, I don't have time to really work out right now in this season, but that's an easy way for me to like, I saw you love walking too, right? You and your I kids. love walking in my neighborhood. It's the best. It's yeah. such a great yeah. way to get the physical activity in. I know I used to be a runner and that was just this honor badge I loved carrying. And then, you know, my body is just not able to do it anymore, but I do love walks. But my favorite is just walking in the neighborhood with the family. Like it's not even for exercise. My kids bring a football. It literally, I don't know how to explain how much that brings me joy. And it's the most unexpected thing I would have never imagined 20 years ago that I'd be sitting here saying nightly walks in my neighborhood is like my favorite. And just you know, I, while we're recording this, I'm, you know, recovering from COVID and we haven't been having our family walks and we just started back again. And one of my kids said to me, Deborah, they're like, why do we have to do this? And I'm like, you know why we have to do it? Because I love it. And so come on, let's go. And you know what? Here's my encouragement. If you have little kids, just go on walks and then they just do it. They just think like what we do. Like, you know, there's no arguing. They're just like, okay, let's go. So take your family out for a walk tonight, guys. That's what you need to do. Yeah. Uh, Deborah. 100%. You are a joy. I'm so excited about your book. You guys, go get it. You can get it anywhere books are sold. And we'll link it in the show notes. We'll have it on my Instagram, all the things. Uh, It comes out May 18th. Are you really okay? And 
so excited for the way that that book is going to encourage and challenge and just really help people kind of look into their own self and help them get to where they need to be. So Deborah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Jamie. Oh, you guys. I hope that you love this conversation as much as I did. You guys, go ahead and pre-order her book. I'm telling you, it is so helpful. And when you pre-order her book, Are You Really Okay? You get the audiobook for free. And you're a podcast listener, so I can tell you like listening to audio. So go ahead and do that wherever you get books. Also, Deborah mentioned our podcast series that she's doing. And I think by now, Jonathan Picluda, Levi Lesko, and I think Matt Chandler have all already been on her podcast. You can find her podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, Love and Relationships with Deborah Faleda. And I cannot wait for this uh, podcast series. I hope you go over and check it out as well. You guys, tomorrow's my birthday. Isn't that fun? I'm so excited to turn 43. Here I am. I love it. Guys, don't forget to go check out the bonus content on YouTube about how to walk with someone on their mental health journey. You're going to be surprised and encouraged by Deborah's answer about that. Also, my personal counseling session that I decided to put out for the world to see about Deborah talking about how I can actually support Aaron in his depression. You guys, thank you for listening to our first episode for May of 2021. Sunday is Mother's Day. If you have not gotten your mother a gift, or let me just encourage you as well, maybe someone in your life who is like a mother-like figure to you. Get them a gift. We have some suggestions actually over on our blog. You can check out jamieivy.com if you need some suggestions from our entire team about things we think would be a great gift for your mom. But no matter what, call that person, send them a note, send them a text, whoever it is that has been a mother-like figure in your life and thank them and tell them that you love them. We have a fun episode coming up on Friday. It's our Mother's Day special edition. You're not gonna wanna miss that. You guys, thank you, thank you, thank you. Enjoy a happy hour with a friend this week. If that's possible, I would love for you to do that. Today's show was edited and mixed by the team at Podshaper. The music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes were written by Abby Castell. And the whole thing is produced and put together by Lindsay Sweeney. I'm your host, Jamie Ivey. Speaking of show notes, you guys, we put all the links for you in our show notes. Go to jamieivey.com. You can go to the podcast page. Find any episode we've ever had, and there are going to be links for you. Friends, enjoy your week. I'll see you on Friday. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.